Welcome into The Verge, a show which covers the Baltimore Orioles minor leagues. The Verge is part of BSL Radio. Baltimore Sports and Life is dedicated to analysis and discussion on the Orioles, Baltimore Ravens, and the University of Maryland. The site has a team of writers providing coverage of those teams and houses live streaming content weekly. Join the conversations at the message board, like BSL on Facebook, and follow BSL on Twitter. Hello and thanks for listening to On The Verge, your Orioles minor league podcast action. What you're going to listen to here is a little Patreon preview. It's a special episode we recorded following the previous episode we did with Eric Garfield. Just going deeper into all the promotions that happened, the 31 promotions that happened over the weekend before this week of action started. So you'll be able to hear us get excited for Blaine Knight and Cody Sedlock to AAA, all the way down to all the 2021 draft picks moving up to single A Delmarva. But it's just a little short thing that we're going to try to do for our Patreon subscribers, and I wanted to give everyone a chance to get a, a feel for what we do over there in case you are interested in joining. So please sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So as Bob mentioned, we are doing a uh, Patreon segment now, but we're going to let anybody who's watching live uh, listen in on this. And we're just going to get quick reactions on the promotions today. If you listen to the uh, episode with Eric Garfield earlier, uh, you know that I read off some of the promotions. But just to give a quick recap, Jordan Westberg going from Aberdeen to Bowie, I think was the one that a lot of people have been calling for over the last few weeks. That happens. Cody Sedlock. And Blaine Knight makes a jump from double-A to triple-A, continuing what are really bounce-back seasons for those guys. J.D. Mundy and Andrew Dasbach, who Nick and I highlight in the final segment, go from Aberdeen to Bowie. Garrett Stallings also makes a jump from Aberdeen to Bowie. And then, as we mentioned on our show with Eric, a lot of big names making the jump from the Florida Complex League to Delmarva, headlined by Colton Calder and Kobe Mayo. But there's a lot of other names in there as well, including Connor Norby, Connor Pavoloni, Billy Cook, uh, Dante Williams, and more. So, Nick, I'll start with you. Just your reaction to the promotions that we uh, heard today. That was a lot, and I was just trying to focus on work. <laughs> Mondays are so busy, and I could not focus because all these promotions. Um, it took Rock like four tweets to get all these out. Um, I'm super pumped to see Cody Sedlock finally get the opportunity to go to Norfolk. I don't know what else more he had to prove in double A. We've mentioned a couple of times he's what 26 years old now. Uh, Got to give him the opportunity. He has, I mean, he has been shelled a couple of times. I'm not going to lie there, but when he is on, he has looked really good. Fastball veal is there, curveball is there. I've enjoyed watching Cody Sedlock again. Uh, I think there's some comments there about Blaine Knight. Blaine Knight, for sure. This is his second promotion already this year. And he was a guy that, let's be honest, we probably all pretty much written off after that 2019 season. And that stuff, the movement on the fastball, like you can even see it on a Bowie broadcast. I mean, that's that's how good it is. Um, the Aberdeen to Bowie bunch, 
Garrett Stallings is the big one for me. I think Jordan Westbrook is a given. So um, Stallings is the big one for me because we've talked about so many times about how easily guys have transitioned, specifically pitchers, from Aberdeen to Bowie. And Stallings, the home runs have been an issue, but the walks haven't been an issue. Uh, the, the home runs, he's been a little bit unlucky. The ground balls have been huge. So I'm extremely excited to see what Garrett Stallings can do now that he's under the uh, Justin Ramsey tutelage there. Uh, and really, Delmarva to Aberdeen, I think I tweeted this out earlier. Just so many good stories there. Noah DeNoyer is a guy who I've come to really enjoy watch pitch this year. Undrafted after 40 rounds in 2019. Gene Carmona is having a breakout season. He's making me a believer, uh, which was really hard to do because I had, once we finally saw where he was going this year, I honestly didn't really have much interest in watching him play. I thought it was just roster filler. Uh, he's clearly not. Um, and Lamar Sparks, my guy, I always have to shout him out. Two promotions for Lamar Sparks as well. Great to see after all the injuries he had, he's had to overcome. Yeah, today was overwhelming, to say the least. I'm sitting here trying to write my articles, and all I can think about is, wait a second, who was promoted again? Let me make sure I got this all in my head. It was it was a lot, like Nick said. Um, as far as to AAA, Sedlock and Knight, someone asked, Vivek asked, could Sedlock or Knight be added to the 40-man prior to the Rule 5? Well, no better chance than now for them to try to make that happen because – they're one step away from the majors, and they can certainly, I feel like, be pretty strong relief arms. I would much rather have a Blaine Knight or a Cody Sedlock on the 40-man than a guy like Connor Wade. No offense, he's, he did well in his last outing, or Fernando Abad. There's so much filler on the 40-man right now that I think these guys could certainly work their way to that. And it's interesting that Adley Rutschman leaves. Cody Sedlock and Blaine Knight suddenly have bad weeks coincidence i think not they're back with their boy and they're going to be get back on track for the rest of the season um going up to double a jordan westberg obviously highlight this guy if he's not on top 100 list by the beginning of the next season something's wrong because he's been a stud every stop of the way and i don't see it stopping anytime soon i saw our buddy matt blood friend of the show was on steve Majeski's blog had some quotes on there about how they think that Westberg can stick at shortstop and they're going to keep putting him out there until he proves them wrong. So that's pretty exciting. J.D. Mundy and Andrew Doshbach both up. One will be a DH. One will be a first baseman. Someone maybe could play a corner outfield Tyler Nevin style, but just good to see, you know, them get taken up. And again, J.D. Mundy, he's like becoming a legitimate first base prospect, which there's not too many of them. Uh, Garrett Stallings, like you said, I just want to see him get under the the magical hands of Justin Ramsey and what he could possibly do. I have a feeling all of a sudden he's just not going to give up home runs and he's going to be an ace. Uh, who else was it? Uh, yeah, Lamar Sparks and Gene Carmona up to Aberdeen. That is just so cool to see. I mean, I don't know. It might be too big of a jump right now, but it's just cool to see that they at least have as much faith in them to get them up there. If, even if it's just to make room for these draft picks at Del Marva, but so cool to see Houston Roth has got to be thinking, what do I have to do to get promoted? Literally 30 people promoted today and he's not one of them despite pitching very well to Marva, but there's only, only so much spots on a roster. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to Sedlock for a minute in rule five draft. Sedlock has slipped through two rule five drafts without being protected on the 40-man roster, without being picked up by anybody else, I don't think that's going to happen a third time. So the Orioles are really going to have to weigh that decision. And I think that Bob brought up a good point, which is, you know, we know the Orioles are going to need a lot of pitching help 
over the last few weeks of this season. Why not go ahead and make the move now with Knight or Sedlock uh, to get them up there and get them some innings in the major leagues, even if you're just doing, you know, a few relief outings in September. Yeah, it's a, sh- it's a shame that the 40-man or the September expansion doesn't go all the way to 40 anymore and it just goes to 28. We could have literally all 40 guys up here. Yeah, that's that's going to be a show that I'm very much looking forward to when we kind of sit here and dissect all the Rule 5 eligible guys because there are so many. And I think with Knight and Sedlock, um, this is a perfect opportunity for them. And I'm not going to say it's their last opportunity with the Orioles. It's probably not. But I think if you want to be protected this winter, this is your opportunity. You have, you're have you in Norfolk now where they have two months, basically almost two months now, to pitch at the AAA level and prove whether you've got it or not. Uh, and so Sedlock, I think definitely you look at a team like the Diamondbacks and Pirates, if they see a guy like Cody Sedlock sitting there in the Rule 5 draft who can give you five, six innings as a starter or go as a reliever, uh, and maybe his stuff plays up a little bit, they're definitely taking him. If Blaine Nice left vulnerable, he's 100% gone uh, this winter. So this is going to be a big two months for these two guys in particular. Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to touch on uh, Kobe Mayo for a minute because we, I think, were all kind of on, this, on the same page just a few weeks ago that we thought – that he'd finish a year down in Sarasota, and that wasn't a bad thing. Because of how young he is, you let him dominate. Now he's put himself in a position to not just get to Delmarva, but if he does this at Delmarva, he's starting at third base next year for Aberdeen, if you really think about it. So it's he has played so well, and I feel like it's flown under the radar. Maybe it's because he's down in Sarasota, not getting a lot of attention, but he is just putting together such a good year. And I liked what Eric had to say about his defense. I like what I've seen, you know, a little bit of it, but he really is a guy that should be shooting up the prospect rankings next year. Yeah, talk about another guy who could creep onto some top 100 lists coming up relatively soon as we start to see these graduations. I think that's the thing that, and maybe this could be a segue into the farm system rankings that have come out in the last couple of weeks, and I think MLB Pipeline should be out this week as well, but the depth of this system is there's going to be guys like this who obviously Mayo was pretty well regarded from the very beginning, but when we lose the Rutschmans, the Halls, the Rodriguez of the world, there's going to be guys like Gene Pinto and, and Jordan Westbrook who are there to take their place. And with the depth of, and the floor of the farm system that's being raised, it's, it's just pretty exciting that there's always going to be someone who's splashing onto the scene every year. Yeah, with Mayo, I just think that you do watch those video clips and you don't see a lot of mistakes. And, and I know, Eric, it's the same with us. Like, when we're cutting up clips and stuff to put on Twitter. Like, we're not going to show Gunnar Henderson making two errors on a night, but we're really going to show the positives. But you do see a lot of really smooth defensive plays there with Kobe Mayo. And I love everything you hear about this kid from his personality to his work ethic and everything in between, everything Eric said today. This is a guy who we had uh, Stephen Loftus on last year talking about the draft stuff where he said Kobe Mayo was his guy in that 2020 draft. That That's why you went with Kerstad to get Mayo uh, and the Orioles got their guy there. Um, and I think it's just because no one's seen him and places like MLB pipeline, they're really hesitant to put the teenagers, the younger kids on their top list. They want to see guys perform. Uh, whereas baseball America might be a little bit more aggressive. MLB pipeline is not. Once they get a whiff of him in Delmarva over these last five weeks, of the regular season, Kobe Mayo is definitely a guy who's sniffing around the top 100 if he shows out these last couple of weeks. And he doesn't look like a Ryan Mountcastle type of third baseman where 
the the motions or the the uh, the actions. They're they're athletic. They're natural. They're smooth. They're not herky jerky. Oh, you can tell they're thinking about what they're doing as they're doing it. Whether he can stay there or not, it doesn't appear like it's that kind of situation. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I mean, on pure arm strength alone, Mayo is ahead of Mount Castle and really a lot of the other. I would say even a lot of the third basemen that are in the system now, just on pure arm strength. Mayo is, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of those players, but the footwork, the athleticism, everything you see at third base with his accents, it, it's pretty smooth. Yeah. And like Bob said, too, if you're talking about these, they'll be in ranked number two in baseball as far as the whole organization goes when those top guys do leave. And we, we never said, you know, Michael Hernandez and Samuel Basalo, the young international guys, uh, driving that point home again that, you know, Adam Pohl tweeted out earlier. None of those guys are really being talked about at all because they're 16, 17-year-olds right now. Um, as long as they continue to develop and they develop well, those guys are going to be top 100 prospects or sniffing top 100 status for sure based on everything that we've seen about them. Uh, so, and these international, the next international class, we've already been connected to what, one of the top 10, 15 guys in the international rankings. Uh, the Orioles are going to keep spending that money internationally. These drafts, you know, like it or not, Kowser is a top 100 guy. Like, agree with the strategy or disagree with the strategy. The Orioles had a plan and they stuck to it, and they're able to stockpile this farm system with high floor hitters that are going to continue to climb up these rankings. And so I just think that, yes, we're really optimistic about this farm system, but clearly, national outlets, <laughs> from the national perspective, they agree that this farm system is uh, it's a deadly one, one to be reckoned with. Yeah, you could call us the right now. I'll go ahead, Bob. Well, no, it wasn't going to be anything important, but I was going to say you could call us the lollipop guild, the, you know, the super positive people putting our orange colored glasses on. But to me, I just feel like we've seen this coming now for a year and a half. And I just think we're a little bit ahead of everybody. And there's clearly good reason why we're so excited about this. And one day everyone will catch up to us and get on the same page. Exactly. Yep. Fangraphs uh, has the Orioles at number one right now. Baseball America has them now at number two. The farm system rankings, by the way, that's the highest Baseball America has ever ranked the Orioles in, I think, the 30-some years they've been doing prospect rankings. Just get – wait, Jared Kelenic already graduated, correct? I think so, Well, if yeah. you get him yeah, graduated and, and Logan Gilbert, then, hey, maybe we can make a push for number one. Yeah. And I, I just see that, you know, I think it was Vivek who put that comment up earlier. Uh, the, the Adley Rutschman effect is real, and it is real. And we're watching that in Norfolk right now. They went 5-1 and one against Memphis last week, a team that just throttled Norfolk the last time they played. Kyle Bradish looked amazing the other night. He has been on fire. Uh, the outing before that was a relief appearance. He came in from Bruce Zimmerman, only three innings, but I don't think he gave up any runs there. He's looking really good. Adley Rushman made Dean Kramer look like a competent pitcher. And for me, I am, I'm done with Dean Kramer, to be honest. I know you guys aren't, but for me, I, I, I can't anymore with Dean Kramer. I'm just going to be completely honest there. Uh, he made me enjoy watching Dean Kramer pitch. So they, the Adley Rushman effect is real. And I think you're going to see guys, we talk about this culture shift a lot. I think you see guys like Colton Kowser, Kobe Mayo. You see these younger guys now come up through the system with their new way of how they study. Taron Vavra and his notebook. I mean, you're, these guys are going to be the core of a future Orioles minor league team, and that's going to rub off on everybody else. So it's not just going to be the Adley effect. This is going to be the way it is in Baltimore in a couple of years. Speaking of Taron Vavra, I feel like it's going unnoticed that he's back in Bowie this week. I mean, he completed his 
rehab assignment with FCL hitting 500 with two walks, a stolen base. So he should definitely be back up the middle infield. Him and Jordan Westberg, that's a pretty sweet double play combo right there to watch this week. Yeah, I, I was going to bring that up when you talk about Bowie, guys. Um, what does this mean for Caden Grenier, though? I mean, he's been hot. Yeah, overall, the whole body of work, the average is low, the strikeouts are high. But he goes on these stretches where he's so hot. We know the defense is elite. If you're going to have Patrick Dory and Toby Welk at the corners, J.D. Mundy, Andrew Doshbach at the corners, where is this going to leave Grenier if you're going to have Westberg out there shortstop every day? It's what they do with their uh, shortstops like Richie Martin and Jemai Jones sometimes. He's playing center field. I hate to say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Buck Brennan's going to have a lot to work with now. Uh, mentor for Bowie. He's going to have to have, uh, he's going to have to get creative a little bit with that lineup card, I think. So, but there's a lot of talent heading to Bowie. There's been a lot of talent there all year. So it must be a fun year to be a Bay Sox fan. Uh, before we wrap up here, Nick and Bob, anything that you want to add as far as the promotions go, the prospect rankings? Oh, here's an interesting um, question from okay, Nick. I'll get to this. Um, really miss Taron Vavra. He'll be on the 40 man by November. I completely agree with that. Do you protect Caden Rainier? I don't think I would, but he's obviously got the glove and he's this year's Mason McCoy. I feel like you can take the chance that he's not going to get taken. Maybe he does in the rule five draft, but I think he would come back. I feel, I just feel like one way or the, or another, he's going to find his way back to the Orioles and AAA Norfolk just to start next year. Yeah. I think maybe just because Vavra is, Vavra's not going to go out there every single day uh, when he comes up and you're probably going to want to, you're not going to play Jordan Westbrook probably six games a week either while he's just making this transition to double A. So Grenier will probably get a lot of playing time early on, but I imagine Grenier probably does get moved up to triple A once these guys are settled in and Vavra can show that he's fully healthy and everything now that I think about it. But I think ultimately a guy like Grenier, when you're looking at 40 man, I don't think you protect him. And that's, he's just going to be one of those guys who, unfortunately we get attached to a lot of these guys, watching them come up through the system we watched Grenier have such a good season in Bowie, but unfortunately there's just going to be too much talent uh, that the Orioles have to protect. They're not going to be able to protect all of them. And Grenier, I think, is going to end up being one of those guys who, if, if he comes back in the system, sure, that's great, but I think he's a guy that you're going to have to put out there and dangle out there. Yeah, he could be a Richie Martin type for a different team instead of the Orioles trying to grab him and sneak him into the system. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be a tough offseason when it comes to protecting 40-man roster players. And, you know, it's just like last year. It's going to be some tough decisions, which I know we're going to take a deep dive into that sometime here in the next few months. Yeah, but as far as final words on all this stuff, I would say, first, I'm glad we have a Buck Britton signed Bay Sox card. That's going to come in handy as he continues his success. And it's just great to see. And just when you thought Elias Blood and the Orioles were conservative with their promotions, they go ahead and do something like this, which is setting up for an incredibly exciting final month of the season. So it's never dull in 2021. We went one full season without minor league baseball, and I feel like we're more than making up for it this year, even with some injuries to some key guys. It's just been exciting all year, and I'm glad we're going to have a nice six-week stretch here with AAA going a little bit longer to stay excited about it. Yeah, we're coming down to the wire now. Final few weeks of the season, but all these promotions, they've re-energized me. I'm ready to go. Uh, I'm actually a little upset. I'm leaving for next head at the end of the week. Uh, so I'm going to still be watching these guys when I'm on vacation because Delmarva is going to look entirely new. I'm jealous Zach's going to be there tomorrow. Um, this so is going to be 
<laughs> this is going to be, you get to see an entire, literally a, a brand new team in Delmarva. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun these final few weeks. And we finally get to see even that group in Aberdeen. I mentioned, I think that's it's an underrated group for sure. One that, you know, we haven't really talked about a lot today. And a lot of guys on that list, we don't really talk about that much. But this is another opportunity over these last few weeks where we're going to see guys rise or fall. And it's been it's been fun. I, I hate to see guys fall and falter and, and prove that, you know, they they aren't going to be able to cut it in this organization, but we got to see if these guys can do it or not. And we're reaching another major milestone here with a lot of these guys and and the next step in their development. And that's fun. Well, a special thank you to our Patreon subscribers. Hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at BSL and the Verge, and we will have an update uh, as soon as we can confirm our guests for next week. So stay tuned. Uh, for Bob and Nick, it's been Zach. Thank you for listening. <laughs>